This is BT Techno, a regular podcast series for financial advisors wanting to remain at the forefront of strategy, regulatory and industry news. Hello everyone, my name is Michael Tran, Technical Services Consultant in the BT Technical Services team, a group of qualified individuals who can help you as advisors answer any technical advice strategy related queries you might have. Last week was episode 51 of our fortnightly BT Academy technical webinar series where I spent time reviewing home care packages, including what they provide to package recipients, the costs involved, and the impact on this by a client's income. Given the number of questions and interactions during the live session, I thought today is a good chance to revisit some of the key discussion points from that webinar. For our first query, the most popular theme involved the income-tested care fee and how this interacted with the means-tested care fee for residential aged care. In particular, many asked whether the income-tested care fee counted towards the lifetime cap and whether this was even the same lifetime cap in the context of aged care facility fees. Firstly, as a refresher to the session, the income-tested care fee is the only fee that is means-tested for home care. To be more specific, rather than a means test, it is only dependent on the care recipient's accessible income. So a home care recipient's level of assets isn't directly used, although the value of any financial investments and non-grandfathered account-based pensions would obviously be deemed here for income testing, and obviously this is based on their total value. In the webinar, we reviewed the formulas used to calculate this fee. And while there are daily and annual caps on the amount payable, I also mentioned there is a lifetime cap on these fees. This is currently just under $70,560. And this is exactly the same cap, the lifetime cap that applies to means to care fees. These lifetime caps are one in the same. This means that people who have first received home care and needed to pay an income-tested care fee will mean that they will reach their lifetime cap quicker than someone who has not. In fact, it is possible for someone to have paid the maximum fees for home care, the maximum income-tested care fees, for about six to seven years to have reached their lifetime cap even before entering into residential aged care. Once they enter aged care, this client would not have any means-tested care fee regardless of their means, simply because they've reached that lifetime cap already. Question two, in relation to the income-tested care fee, a second question was why the daily fee was calculated by dividing by 364 and not 365. There's no rationale really offered for why 364 days is used in the legislation itself. In fact, this specific section for home care fees refers to a conversion of the annual amount to a daily amount. The law doesn't provide a number of days for home care in that specific part of the legislation. However, it does specify 364 days when working out the daily means-tested care fee for residential aged care. In addition to the explanatory memorandum for this legislation introducing this law, uh, the examples that they use to calculate the home care fees also use 364 days. In terms of a reason behind this, 
It becomes reasonably apparent when you look at the other figures and terms that appear in the formulas more closely. For example, the income-free area. This is derived by taking the maximum age pension, less the energy supplement and minimum pension supplement per fortnight, multiplied by 26 fortnights. The income-free area for the age pension itself, that is the amount of income that you could earn before the age pension starts reducing is also used. And this is a per fortnight figure. It's also multiplied by 26 fortnights to get you the annualized number. It is the sum of these two terms that, that are added together to obtain the income-free area for home care income testing. The same methodology is used for the other terms such as income threshold as well. It is clear because they use 26 fortnights when trying to annualize those figures, and clearly fortnights have 14 days in each of them, these numbers will use 26 times 14 for a per year basis, so 364 days. So I'd say in order to keep all of the calculations consistent, this is why they have used 364 as opposed to 365. For our third query, a different question on a different line of theme was asked about the unspent funds and what happens to these. As a reminder, there are really two categories of unspent funds and they depend on the source of the amounts. Any unspent subsidies and supplements from the government is one category and the other category are the basic daily fees and income tested care fee that are paid by the client. You may recall we touched on these differences and how these are payable in the webinar. The government portions are recorded and tracked by Services Australia in a home care account that acts as a balance that they record. Remember, this is not paid to the care recipient and is instead a pool of funds that the care provider could request to be paid from once they have delivered the services to the care recipient. Where these amounts are unspent, Services Australia will simply accrue these amounts and they can be used for future uh, care provision. They are not lost or erased after a period of time, be it after a year or multiple years, if the care recipient continues to receive a package. At any point in time in the future, the home care account, so that government sourced funds that's kept track by Services Australia, will be based on the total funding for the care recipient since entering into the home care agreement less amounts that have been spent. In the case of the fees that the care recipient pays, this operates in a similar way. However, a main difference is that the party that is managing and keeping track of these amounts will be the care provider themselves as opposed to the government. It does, however, operate in the same terms of having these accrued funds available for the care recipient in future if they are unspent. This means they could demand more services later on. That is, the care recipient could demand the care provider provide additional services than say what their daily subsidies or annual subsidies for that year would represent because they have saved or unspent funds accrued that they could draw upon later on. If the care recipient leaves the care provider, for example, they wish to change home care provider, these unspent funds need to be transferred from the existing provider to the new one. 
The existing provider can deduct an exit fee from the unspent funds, but everything else is paid to the new provider. If the care recipient wishes to exit the home care system, for example, they believe they no longer need a package, or for example, if they're going into residential aged care, their unspent funds are refunded to them less than exit fee. To be specific with this last point here, we're referring to the amounts that the care recipient pays themselves, not the amounts that the government pays. The government will always receive back the amounts that they have paid or will pay. Uh, the care recipient themselves only receive a refund of the fees that they have paid. Issues such as this are what our team loves to discuss. No, not only in our fortnightly BT Academy webinar series, but also when we speak to advisors around strategy and legislation support when formulating advice for the clients, for their clients. <clears throat> if you've missed my webinar on this topic, you can always view it on replay by heading to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. There you'll uh, be able to view my recent session as well as a recording of all other sessions we have delivered, all of which will be accredited for CPD purposes. Our next webinar will be BT Academy episode 52, I Feel the Need, the Need for Ethics, with Brian Ashenden, taking place on Wednesday the 8th of June at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. Brian will be looking at ethics as not just being about the Top Gun, given its subjective nature, being aware of the potential issues means instead of flying by the seat of your pants and losing that loving feeling, you can target the problem head on. This session will explore ethical issues arising in a range of financial advising scenarios to help you avoid writing checks your body can't cash. To register, head to www.bt.com.au forward slash professional and follow the links to the BT Academy webinar series. Again, as I mentioned, all our webinars as well as the session will be available on demand if you can't join us live and all sessions are accredited for CPD purposes. In the meantime, if you have any technical questions, you can, con you can contact the BT Technical Services team on 1-800-655-901 or by email to technical at btfinancialgroup.com. Thanks for joining me and until next time, bye for now. BT Tech knows, and now you know. Join us next time to keep ahead of the curve for strategy, regulatory, and industry news. This podcast has been developed for financial advisor use only and provides general information only. It does not take into account any particular individual's objectives, financial situations, or needs.